0: i Spaces and welcome to the ether today is tuesday october 25th 2022 today on the ether the jackal protocol ama hosted by cosmos haas let's take a listen
1: it's been a crazy crazy week for us just getting all the finishing touches put on and setting up the relayers and the whole nine yards right now it's exciting man really exciting that's for sure that's for sure how you been though Pretty good. Just all
2: I ask for whenever you guys get your poll up and running on Osmosis Frontier to make sure it's ready to go, man. It's it's been frustrating because I don't I don't ever like to complain, but so anyways, like pretty much the last several times that teams have listed their token on Osmosis Frontier with external incentives, they're like not coordinating or something because unless you know CLI. You can't bond. It's usually for sure the first day, sometimes even the second day. So, like, if you know how to do CLI, you can bond your position and, and just basically steal everyone's external incentives for like day one, day two, which is kind of like stupid.
1: Yeah, so. no, it, it's it's uh it it is it is super frustrating, but luckily we have a pretty we have a pretty good technical team that 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 we think we have everything set up correctly right now. We're we're gonna see tomorrow, obviously, but uh, I feel pretty comfortable, in my guys, ability to to make sure that that pool is gonna be working properly on on launch. Nice, because like the
2: Osmo and the gravity pole or the gravity poles right now, they have like s- insane APRs. So if you were in like the Osmo USDT pool, you basically just ate real well. You didn't even have to have that much money in there, and you got a bunch of rewards because no one's bonded because no one knows how to CLI. But the people that do, they just get to take everyone's rewards, which is kind of like not not cool in my opinion. So
1: yeah, no, it is it is super frustrating, and there's also the the classic um, uh, when when you go and you you initially jam the liquidity in the pool. So because we are providing all liquidity, right? So. Um, When we jam that initial liquidity in the pool, the other thing you have to look out for is is bots will buy it right away, and you have to kind of we have to battle them on our end a little bit. But luckily, uh, we're just hoping that the chain stabilizes nicely, and then after the chain stabilizes, we'll move into um, um, stabilizing the the price a little bit, hopefully. And then once that goes, then we start launching our products one by one. It's going to start with storage Uh, dashboard will will come online after the chain stabilizes, and uh, we get a few storage providers up and running, and then from there away we go, dude so where we go yeah so we'll just let the room fill
2: up a little bit longer so man just it's been crazy though it's it's good times there's a lot it seems like there's just not with you guys in general but just then like with everyone it seems like there's a lot of development going right now so it's exciting
1: yeah particularly in the cosmos well you'll, you'll realize it's kind of happened in the last bear market as well um you you start to realize a lot of the the true builders go and, and they start building on the tech stacks that they believe in the most. Uh, for us, uh, Cosmos was a no brainer because we like the ability to have granular control of our consensus mechanisms and the SDKs and, and how our, our protocol integrates with with uh, other users and other teams that are looking to build stuff um, specifically for us because other teams are going to need data storage in a decentralized manner. So we're really excited to get them all building on Jackal too. But um, yeah, like I, at the end of the day, uh, we're we're just kind of super excited to be here. And, and when you bring it full circle, looking at the last bear market, Binance decided to build on Cosmos SDK. Um, there's there's a few other really, really good ones. I think Crypto.com is built on Cosmos SDK. Uh, I, I also think, um, uh, what's the other one from Ethereum? It's the really popular. D- L- DYDX? Uh, well, DYDX moved over fully. Um, and they're going to be built as a Cosmos L1 blockchain, which is super cool. And I'm excited for them to come on over too, because that's I mean, a really great acquisition for us. I mean, Polygon uses a, a, yeah. a
2: peppermint, they call it Peppermint, which is a yes. modified version of Tendermint. But yeah, I mean, then I'm pretty sure KuCoin uses Cosmos SDK. Um I'm trying to think who else. Someone said Avax was doing something too. I've never really looked
1: into it, so I can't verify that. But I know there's a team. I think they're called Landslide, and they're kind of doing a a Cosmos a Cosmos uh, parachain or subchain or whatever they call them over there, where you could kind of get assets back and forth, possibly. But um, it's it's super exciting to be building here because I just love the ability to have IBC technology really enabling the interblockchain communication, right? And that's going to be the, the next big chain upgrade for us is having um, your storage contracts and files that are going to be going IBC. Right now, it's only going to be the token until we upgrade the chain. But once we do, it's going to be really, really interesting what we're going to be able to do with people like uh, of the likes of Archway. We're thinking about launching a little template over there for uh, developers to use Jackal as a storage layer. We could do the same thing on Juno or and pretty much every other smart contract chain as well, including Osmosis is one actually too.
2: Yeah, and then personally, I, I just get excited. Um, you know, I've all since the, the very first time I found you guys and met you guys, like I've always been excited for what you guys are doing, and, and more importantly, I'm just I'm looking forward to different things in crypto that aren't just DeFi applications. I mean, as much as I like to DeGen and do things of that, like, things of that nature, I'm I get excited for other applicable technologies that apply in crypto and data is obviously the king and anything that's like cyber security um anything that can make your files more safe and secure and encrypted and private like i'm all i'm all for it so you know that's that's the type of things that I'm looking for right now, you know, as much as, like I said, as, as cool as different DeFi things. Okay. You got order books, you got perpetuals, you got derivatives, you got synthetics, you got AMAs and like, yeah, it's really cool. Okay. I get it. But, uh, I just like new things, you know? So (laughs) that's kind of why I'm, I'm looking forward to your main net and then seeing the growth and development
1: from day one to what it can be, you know, in the future. 100% man and that's kind of why we're building here right it's we come from a web 2 world Uh, we were both a lot of us are just security nerds and we worked in forensics and cybersecurity and things along that nature and and we're just really excited to reduce attack vectors and and it's a really nerdy thing for me to say but uh, just trying to reduce all these centralized choke points of failure get rid of a lot of bottlenecks and, and get rid of other attack vectors that really screw up your your cybersecurity posture from phone numbers as a 2FA to usernames, passwords, and get everything on chain, and, and really try to see if we can create a self-custodial cloud where we can start to build out a, a cloud ecosystem with, um, at the end of the day, when you look at Jack, when you look at all these blockchains, they're, they're really just like a shared cloud computer. But um, yeah. most of them right now are, are built for finance, and, and that's really important, obviously. Uh, it's We wouldn't have any crypto at all if, if it didn't start from, from the, uh, the, the finance side of things, but when, when you start to tiptoe into what is, else is possible with uh, file version control and what else is possible uh, to have granular control over, over permissions and, and have the ability for smart contracts to, to have tons of storage being exchanged permissionlessly on chain, you can start to build some crazy things. You can build something like a, a Fiverr-like marketplace in Web3. You could uh, create a business and put paywalls in front of um, files essentially as uh, professional services deliverables, whether you're an accountant or a lawyer or, or anything along those lines uh, with a super high security posture where the only two people who have access to that file is you and whoever either purchased it or a client of yours possibly. Or uh, if, if it's your keepsakes for, for your family, you can also guarantee that you have a really high level of redundancy and, and you can always make sure that you have those files. Um, and that's why we're really excited about trying to bring this technology to blockchain specifically. Uh, the reason for that is, is when, when you look at right now, the, the data monopolies over, over cloud storage, number one, but when you also look at uh, other, other kind of really, really sad, I, I almost want to say um, like collateral damage from, from the way that the, the, web 2 was set up you start to look at all these centralized choke points of failure last night for example you see whatsapp go down for everyone because all their servers are centralized into one specific geographical region or area so we, we think this is really really big step in the right direction for for blockchains and and um cryptocurrency in general and re- reason why um, number one number two and number three is is we I think that a lot of blockchains are competing right now for transactions per second. You see that with Aptos. You see that with Sui and those Facebook blockchains coming out, which are really cool, obviously with 150,000 transactions per second, and then you have Cosmos, Avalanche, Polkadot, and they're in like, I think 5000 to $7,000 uh, uh, transactions a second. But when you look at the meaningfulness of the data that's actually transferred, you can only fit one kilobyte of data on a smart contract. And that's pretty much the same amount of data that you can fit on a tweet, right? And everything else is sitting on a centralized storage provider, whether that's Amazon, uh, whether that's Google, Alibaba Cloud, Microsoft, and and all those usual suspects that we're used to in in these traditional markets. And and when you look at Web3 right now, I would also make the argument that in its current state, I would say that none of these applications are decentralized because they have to leverage a centralized storage layer. And uh, that's a choke point of failure. We saw that with Tornado Cash. And uh, we we see that all all the time with all kinds of crazy things.
2: No, I agree with you totally. I mean, we, yeah, we've already had plenty of things that have happened and I agree with like the decentralization part. I mean, we're not even anywhere remotely close to it. Just like multiple factors, you know, one could be a lot of the validators kind of, you know, are in the same geographical region. Um, If something happens to that area, then you're kind of screwed or, uh, people that are using cloud compute, that's not Akash, but they're like, you know, um, AWS or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, for this to really work and for it to really be truly decentralized and, and for it to, to be what we think it can be, we need to get out of that old thinking of Web2. We just, you know, there can't be all these different central points of failures. It just needs to be. I mean, it has to. In real, in real, in a sense, it's just still pretty much autonomous. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. We don't need people, gatekeepers, and all that for this to be what it is. Because obviously, humanity has shown that <laughs> the the more gatekeepers you have, the the worse things get, the worse
1: off it could be. And so, I'm all for it. Yeah, well, just kind of knocking all those those bottlenecks out of the way. It's just completely peer to peer situation we're creating here as well right so uh, we built ourselves out from the ground up which is uh, which is kind of a really hard thing to do we had to think outside the box a lot to, to get to that point but to to maintain this really high security and privacy posture number one and also uh, number two for us to make sure that there's no real centralized attack vectors or choke points of failure um, it, it took a it took a lot of thinking a lot of um, Marston late nights. He's the architect of the whole thing, he's just working really, really hard to make sure that we we create a, a system that we believe will work in perpetuity. Um, but from we're we're just really here to to try to see if we can leverage blockchain technology, specifically from Cosmos blockchain technologies, where we're building, and and try to co- kind of put our foot on the gas towards a um, t- towards towards this like I, w- I want to say a, a cloud storage layer in in web three in general where you don't have those traditional attack vectors, you don't have these centralized choke points of failure you have a way better price and, and you can actually have that ownership that we're not used to right now with traditional cloud storage where um when, when you look at amazon google microsoft and, and when you when you put your files there it's, it's not really not your files anymore they they make a lot of money buying and selling your data they they make a lot of money um from Sharing that information, obviously, to to marketers and stuff like that. But um, you really know you don't own that data from our background. When we used to work with legal teams and corporations. You 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 realize that if I want to get information on on a, a criminal case or a civil case, I don't go to that individual anymore and ask for their files for in discovery. You usually go to. The big tech company and, and ask them and, and they're not really there to defend you so you don't really have your lawyer your legal counsel helping in the middle um, not to say that that's that's the situation that will happen to everyone but what i'm saying is just as a concept we, we think it's 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 a little bit broken and we're just trying to really reduce those those choke points of failure and, and make sure that we can create just an awesome product for everyone to use
2: yeah, so just reset the room. I'm sure everyone probably is in here because they understand what you guys are, but just the we kind of just went right into it. But yeah, today, you know, I was going to have you guys, you know, talk about everything. We already kind of are touching on things, but if you wanted to talk about when um, the exact main, main net's going live, which are goal for that, uh, also, we already kind of touched on initially the token would be on osmosis. And also, uh, you know, a lot of people probably want to know more about when they can claim their airdrop is it before the before the listing is it after the listing uh and what else i can think of on the top of my head that I know people would think about um yeah i mean that's pretty much it and then also you know maybe we could touch in potentially about like the mining aspect of it because I, I know a lot of people they have asked me personally oh you know i want to mine is there you know people ask me like Opportunities to earn passive income in in crypto with like their computers and stuff like that. So maybe touch on that too.
1: Yeah one one hundred percent. So when you look at um let's start with mining and and I think that actually ties into kind of a general open open discussion how we can open the room to what Jackal is. Um. So so what Jackal is it's it's a it's a blockchain in Cosmos. It's a layer one blockchain and it's a um, it's a blockchain and data storage network. So we have two computers that are doing jobs. One set of computers are validators, and they keep the chain, and they know who has what data at what time, and that's really great, and that's a super important job, so they're incentivized properly to do that. On the flip side, we also have storage providers, and what these people do is they, they spin up these computers that provide storage to the network for other people to store their stuff on. Um, I know uh, it's kind of a, a weird thing to store your stuff on someone else's computer, but luckily what we're able to do is use end-to-end encryption to make sure that all your data is secured by yourself before it leaves your browser. And, and what that means is that before we even touch your data, it's completely encrypted, and the only person that can decrypt that is you with your private key. So that's how we kind of leverage that, that blockchain technology. Um, so for people that want to be a storage provider or a miner on Jackal, what, what they would want to do is, is we, have, we have our docs and there's some suggested builds, but in the early days you could probably get away with an old laptop or, or something like that and try to see if you could hook that into the network and provide storage. But um, what, you, what you do is, is you provide storage for the network and uh, when someone comes along and they store files on, on your, your computer, what happens there is uh, you submit a proof that you have that file in perpetuity. We have three times redundancy, so there's three other computers storing that same file in case one goes down. And you submit proofs that you have that file, and then we pay you Jackal tokens um, as a reward for storing that file uh, in perpetuity. So that's kind of, we don't have to get too technical there. Um, And then we'll kind of bring it over to when are we launching? So uh, Jackal's launching tomorrow, actually, believe it or not. So we're going to be trying to kick over over on that gen block at uh, 12 Eastern time. Uh, I think that's 4 PM UTC. If I remember correctly, I did the conversion in my head. So don't take my word for that. But, um, that's when we will be launching it. And there's no need to claim your airdrop. Um, so we, we did have a, a little kerfuffle that a lot of people are aware about with our secret network airdrop. So we airdropped a secret network, Adam and Juno. Those are the three networks that got the airdrop. Um, for Juno and Atom, they don't have to do anything. It'll actually appear in your wallet as soon as you initialize the JACO blockchain. Which is cool. And uh, how that will happen is you actually just go to the dashboard and then it will add uh, the jackal chain to your Kepler address or, or uh, to your leap wallet address, possibly. So that's, uh, that's kind of how, how that works. For the people that are on the secret network, unfortunately, our, our hands are tied. So you guys are going to be able to claim your airdrop reactively. And that's going to happen probably around October 31st. And the reason for that is is they have a, a proposal to actually fix the blockchain a little bit so we can online a node and get the data that we need to uh, to airdrop to you guys. Um, we also have this airdrop checker. The airdrop checker values were wrong. And uh, that's something we raised our hand and we made a mistake because it would actually randomly grab one of the validators that you're staking to, not combine all the validators you're staking to. So there's a little bit of a. Um, an issue there that people are realizing, and we are looking to fix. And uh, we, we believe we have fixed. We're just waiting for this to get the data from Secret Network. Um, so, tomorrow, you don't have to do anything. You get the airdrop uh, by just coexisting and, and just enjoying your life in the cosmos right now. Um, I, I lost track of the other questions you had there, at Cosmos Oz. uh Well, we covered the airdrop, the mining, the main
2: nets, and I was trying to think what else. Oh, well, the Osmosis list- listing. So you, I heard you earlier, you're going to provide liquidity. And um,
1: is there going to be external incentives? Yeah, so we're going to have our own inster- external, external incentives on Osmosis Frontier. So we are starting on Osmosis Frontier, and that is the track that everyone has to take. So what's, what's going to happen is, is on uh, tomorrow, once, the, once this chain stabilizes a little bit, we're going to provide liquidity on Osmosis Frontier. And then uh, away it goes, it starts trading there. Uh, so we will have external incentives. So you will earn Jocko re- rewards for providing liquidity on Osmosis, which is uh which is which is great, and that's how we kind of all participate in this decentralized finance world. And then the the big engine for that is liquidity. So if you are interested in being a liquidity provider, we really encourage anyone to come and support us with uh, with liquidity, so we can have less slippage and all that good stuff. Um, moving moving on a little bit uh, to why Osmosis. So we did pair it with Osmo. And that's in the event that we are able to, if Osmosis team thinks we're cool, essentially what will happen is we'll move to Osmosis proper, hopefully within the next few weeks. And then from there, we can actually put in a governance proposal to see if they will uh, provide rewards as well or even match our rewards with Osmos. So we might get two uh, sets of rewards possibly. Yeah, that would be clutch. Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean,
2: that's that's a good good way of getting about it. And true. And, and that's another thing too that – this space needs to do better on, I believe is kind of, um, I I mean, the incentives are good, but you need to do more in this space for the people providing liquidity because sometimes it's like, I don't know with impermanent loss and all that, I, I I don't know. I think people that provide liquidity kind of get put to the back burner, so to speak. Like it's important to stake and and do all that, but I think it's just as important, if not more important, to provide liquidity. Or else people would have to go on, you know, centralized exchanges to do everything. And uh, yeah, that's kind of just my little added to it. Because I know there's a lot of people like, oh, why am I going to provide liquidity? And well, because it, we someone has to do it. I mean, or else it's, yes. like, this whole thing just doesn't work unless you want to have IOUs and and have have people tell you, you know what, you you can't move your crypto right now because we just don't want to have you know. There's no there's wallet maintenance upgrades and everything else. So I think you know, I personally don't use centralized exchanges ever unless I was going to take off crypto, you know, and put it back to fiat. But I just I don't want to use them.
1: Yeah, can can you still hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you fine. I had a call come in, and it kind of—I that's the the one thing I hate about Twitter Spaces. It has to be on mobile. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. But uh, on on the flip side, playing devil's advocate, providing liquidity isn't for everyone, right? And it's a little bit more of a risky risky play. But luckily, um, there's a lot of big liquidity providers out there that that um, that do do the service of of doing stuff like that. And and the Jacko Foundation will be making sure that we provide liquidity as well to make sure. And that's that's with uh, with our own capital actually. Um, to to ensure that uh, you don't get too much slippage in the early days, to make sure we can kind of give it a really really good push out there into the into the ether of the cosmos. But um, providing liquidity, it's it's an important thing. Is it's what uh, what makes decentralized finance go around. And um, we 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 do we we do believe that we're going to get a fair amount of liquidity providers within the the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I'm going
2: to be one of them, so. You know, I, I like I said, I when I met you guys, I don't remember what space it was on, and then I met you guys in Texas. Like I believed in it right away, and I've always, even pre-crypto, um, as a, I've I've always invested in technology. I, I I've always liked data plays because I know data is king. It's not going anywhere. It's just going to increase. There's going to be more data by the by the second, by the day, by the you know month, year. Keep going and forward, and forward, and um, there needs to be infrastructure for it and i currently cannot stand the way things are with data and how you know people just all their data gets stolen from them and and you have i'll call them we'll call them leeches and parasites they're just just parasites they're taking all your data they're selling it they're exploiting you they're running campaigns for you know political you know political reasons and everything else just like divide people and just do whatever all off all off of the data you know and It should be your keys, your your data, your keys, your everything. And if people want to use your data, then you should get rewarded for it. You know, hey, okay, I'll give you the option to use my data. This is what I this is what I research, and this is what I'm into, and this is what. But you know what? I want some money out of it. You know, if not, then piss off. But that's just kind of the way I roll. And you know, I I, especially, you know, we can get into all the data and, and and the statistics, but it's so important for people that have. Vital information out there it's like you 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 go to a store they have all your you know oh, Everyone has their credit cards and their in-store credits and then now that system gets hacked and there's you know millions and millions of people out there that have their data just stolen off of them because their securities ass at a place you know excuse my language but uh and then they get all your data okay cosmos house was at uh home depot and he he bought this this and this, and he must be doing this with his house or you know like it's just it's obnoxious and it, and that goes even you know that's just a little minute example but then you have like actual stuff for for um you know h- hospitals and uh, it, they're using all antiquated technology so i think what you guys are doing You know, I don't know how long it would take because what Cosmos is right now, it's not what it can be, but it's really, in my opinion, like a really big play for business to business because they need that. You can't have all this data and, um, you know, how many hacks there are, people getting their emails taken and just, it's just, it's crazy. It's like the wild, wild west of Web2 right now. It really is.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, the, when when we were back working in cybersecurity, it's uh, the acceleration into kind of like this digital workplace uh, with the whole COVID situation and everyone was kind of jammed online really quickly. And and we weren't really ready from a security posture or a just lack of understanding from from individuals. But what we're trying to do here is we're, we're trying to make security a little bit more simple. And with ledger technology, with uh, public private key pairs and all that information, we we think that's something what we can do, right? At the at the end of the day, we can reduce all kinds of attack vectors by still making sure that we we can um, still have just a great user experience at the same time, and that's something that's only possible with Web three, and uh, that's that's why we're, we're we're building the product. But uh, uh, wild wild west side of things from from retargeting from the the data brokers side of things. Um, I think it was 30 30 something dollars a month for data on one individual um, that's it's a multi-billion dollar if not a trillion dollar market right now and it's only going to get bigger. so we think it's, it's important to put the power back into the end users' hands uh, where they choose to store all their sensitive information or not so sensitive information right um, And the cool thing about that is is when you talked about selling data and if you were going to sell your own data um, you should it is your data you should be paid for that. And uh, that's the great thing about Jackal as well, right? It's, if you want to sell your data, you can do that, but we're not going to be doing it on your behalf because we're locked out from the ground up, right? Because it's a true self-custodial data storage cloud ecosystem, right? Um, and when we started, we're starting to have like preliminary conversations with other protocols that are like data marketplaces, for example, where if a user, um, an end user is interested in opting into something like that, and you could sell your own data or pull your data together with other users and, and uh, earn income on that as another passive income stream. That's something that we've had preliminary talks with Ocean Protocol and guys like that. Um, but we're, we're just kind of super excited to see where this can go and, and providing the true ability for digital ownership from a file standpoint when you're just doing your everyday life from a business side of things. Or if it's personal, you just want it to be a backup. You can send sign. Uh, Store and all that good stuff on on the protocol. So that's what we're excited about And that's uh, the minimum viable product at the end of the day that everyone's going to be able to use Hopefully by the end of tomorrow if everything goes perfectly um, Is it's just like a decentralized Dropbox, right? Where uh, where you get to have that? Peace of mind that that you own your files and no one else has access to that information
2: So if I had to ask you uh, a couple questions, I was just thinking on top of my head. So as how how much? I guess an estimated cost to to run your service. Like, say, I was a business and I'm like, you know what? I want this. How how is it? Is it a subscription? Like, how does it
1: work? Yeah. So so, what Jackal chose to do is we didn't go the marketplace model. We chose to go the uh, subscription model, actually. And uh, this is this, this is why we chose to do that. Um, if you kind of look back into the history of technology, and we like to learn a lot from the past, as just an ethos of our team specifically um when when you look at the the past of of marketplaces versus subscription services um we we believe that amazon is better than ebay because no one really wants to uh, bid on post-it notes or pencils right you just kind of want to have a a very very fair price number one and foremost and number two uh you want to make sure that you have that ability that uh, you don't really have to think about it so if you you If it's a marketplace, that storage provider can cancel a deal, then you have to figure out another place to put your data, and you might have even not got that data back. So what we did is is we chose a region in the United States where we said, okay, so in uh, the specific geographical region, how much would it cost, and it's an expensive geographical region to provide storage with variable costs, um, how much would it cost to provide there? And can we give that individual a profit based on that information? So what we chose to do is we settled at $8 a month per terabyte of data storage, which is about three to four X cheaper than legacy solutions. If you're looking at Amazon or Google. So uh, we were able to cut costs, while still make making sure that we can properly incentivize our storage providers at the same time. So uh, that's kind of how that system works. If if we can kind of go a little bit deeper, if you have any specific questions there.
2: No, I mean, that's, it makes total sense. So another kind of tough question is how, cause I know, I know what this would entail to make it real simplistic for just like the average person. Like, Hey, I got a company, I I have all this data. I'm interested I like what you say. I like what I hear. How do I do it? I don't know anything about crypto. I just want it to be real safe and secure. And um, you know, I know that there's so many vulnerabilities in our system. I've already had people tell me about this. Like, what does it take? And also, like, for that, I mean, just to kind of answer that question in a a sense myself is it would need to have some sort of, like, conversion to fiat on-ramp. Like, how long do you think that would be in the future for something like that to take place?
1: Yeah, you're 100% correct. Right now, our our early users are going to be people that are already familiar with the Cosmos ecosystem and are already here, and they're going to come on, they're going to test it, hopefully, and they're going to hopefully enjoy the product and and speak with us so we can kind of learn from their experience so we can uh, say, hey, what do you like? What do you don't like? How can we... Get better Uh, because that's the only way that we can get better right is just talking to users and iterating the product Um, but for businesses uh specifically web2 businesses that are not familiar with crypto at all it it would be naive for us to say that on day one they would be able to use jackal because it's very unlikely uh that they would be able to because we'd have to say okay uh, step one you have to fiat on ramp through coinbase then you have to buy adam then you have to transfer your Atom to your Kepler wallet and from Kepler you have to go to Osmosis and Osmosis you have to swap for Jackal. Then you can go to the Jackal dashboard and use it. That user experience is absolutely brutal. Right. Um, And and that's kind of the way it has to be in the early days as we continue to onboard this product. Um, There's, there's two ways that that a business could come and use something like Jackal. Um, There's, there's one way where a community member could uh, be an entrepreneur and they could say, do you know what? I'm going to, Resell Jackal in my geographical region. I have a bunch of margin to work with where it's 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 only right now $8 a month per terabyte and the nearest competitor is like $26 a month per terabyte. So I can take Visa and I can help onboard people. That's one way that they could onboard into the ecosystem. Another way is that uh, in the future, Jackal could build like a custodial solution possibly uh, where uh, it's for people that aren't comfortable holding their own private keys and kind of want that intermediary that takes Visa but um, if we were going to do that, we have to make sure that we draw a very hard line in the sand from to make sure that we don't actually compromise the decentralized nature of the product and the security of the product. So it, it's it's going to be a, a big piece of that is we're probably going to eventually have to build our own wallet. Um, and the reason for that is that would, pretty much only be for B2B use cases or users that are really enjoying Jackal because all the wallets are kind of optimized for finance and not really optimized for something like this for data storage and transfer of data and sharing data with friends or signing documents like an Adobe sign comparable or something like that. So we'd have to really kind of curate that experience. And then we'd probably have to figure out a way to have auto approved transactions on for some people who want to lower cybersecurity posture. But um, we're, we're going to start to tailor the product to those users. The question is is more of a when, not an if. And we really want to stabilize the chain and, and really work with those individuals in the Cosmos ecosystem first and foremost to make sure that we have a strong base before we start. Uh, we, need, we need to uh, pour the foundation before we can start building uh, the rest of the building here, if that makes any sense.
2: Yeah, it totally, totally makes sense. I always say that right now, the people that, especially in Cosmos, we're like early explorers and we're obviously tech enthusiasts because we wouldn't be here, we wouldn't be in this conversation right now if we weren't. And the things, you know, they make sense to us, but I mean, it's crazy because I sometimes I step out and I just think about, man, like all those things I just did right there, all those different transactions. And, you know, I've personally learned how to do CLI and, and I'm not the best at it, but I've learned and I just think to myself like, there's so many people right now, even when I go out and about and like, I go to like the store and I just like see people walk around, I just say to myself, none of these people know what's going on right now. Like they just don't know what's going on. So, um, you know, we're, we're on like our own little bubble and it's, there's only a select few. It's not like there's a lot of us. I mean, there it's growing, but, um, I I know that there's, you know, because I, I deal with this. I'm an accountant. So I deal with taxpayers and people and they're so clueless on like anything outside of what they're doing inside their job. Like they don't know about taxes. They don't understand why they owe things, what they need to do. And, the, and some of the people that I deal with, I'm like, oh, you have to go. You have to Google this or you have to email this. And they're like, oh, I don't do that crap. It's unsecure. Like someone's gonna hack me. That's the first thing they say. And you, you know, obviously it's usually older people that say that. But I think to myself, like, really, they're not wrong. I mean, they are if you actually know what you're doing and understand what you're doing. But they don't have the time to do it. And um, these solutions, though, you know, it, it could change the, it, it could change everything for them. And I think having like services for them. Uh, because there are people even just as an investor we're talking you were just talking about like having a wallet specifically tailored to sending data which is obviously a clutch and and essential because they're all made right now for like financial um, movements but there's there's going to be people there already are people that hey you know i i I want this but you do it for me or hey i want to invest in that but you do it for me so i i like the subscription model i don't know like if you're going to have it so someone could just just say, hey, you know what, I want this for the next year or two or three, and then they could just purchase it all at once, maybe at a discounted rate. I would think that would probably have that sort of optionality. And then like what you were saying about being able to um, have different, I guess you just kind of said different um, modifications, Or I want to say. I don't even know what word I'm looking for, but like risk tolerance, where you can have it pre-enabled where they just auto-accept transactions for like a less secure environment which obviously it's still secure, but just where they don't have to do it every single transaction that they're doing. And um, so that makes sense. And then the, the other thing too, I mean, you, maybe you want to touch on it is I understand uh, every single piece of data that you, you put on um, into Jackal has its own specific key. So with with having said that, you know, like I could have a company and maybe I have like eight coworkers and then some of them, like maybe one of them's like the the vice president or he's he's in charge of this department. So I can have files specifically only for that individual, but have you know maybe one that has different files for everyone. And like how does that
1: work? Yeah, well, that's kind of the beauty about blockchains as well, right? So when when you talk about uh, like user permissions of people that are if you say, "I own a big company, I have like a hundred employees or something like that, and, and I want to have granular permissions for each user. We, we built Jackal with that in mind. So um, from, from let, let's say the, the user story is. Uh, backups are secure, but I also want to give access to some folders for some users or some folders are shared with other companies, possibly. So the root folder, for example, which is the folder, the, the mother, the mother folder of everything um, that could have like a multi signature wallet, uh, sorry, a, a multi-sig wallet around a board of reactors, for example. Where you need to come to consensus to open that one up and change things. But when you start to get down the list, um, files uh, from a folder inherit the permissions of that folder, and the subfolders inherit the permissions of the folder. So you can get very, very granular of who in your organization has access to what. And the other great thing about Jackal is um, this is kind of an issue when we were working on legal teams a little bit, uh, where you kind of lose track of, of file version control where you don't know how many copies of that file are, are out there running around in your organization. It's really hard to maintain security that way. So with Jackal, we we know exactly who has access to what files at what time and all the files that are on the system. So that's a really, really great thing when um, you're working with a very sensitive information, number one, or if you have evidence for court use and you need to track which file was the original file and which files are copies of the original because that stuff's important when you uh, get into the nitty gritty of, of court use cases, for example. But um, yeah, so, so essentially you can have very granular permissions and, and you can have a bunch of people on the same Jackal account with different wallets uh, accessing different folders or have access to different files. And uh, right now in, in Jackal uh, proper, I, I don't know if it's going to be in the initial push, it might be in the first upgrade, where you're gonna be able to share files with other users. And, and that's because each file, as you said earlier, has its own encryption key and we have our own encryption mechanisms where um, you can take the, the private key of one user and the public key of another user to create a new key that is controlled by the, uh, the user that owned the file originally where another user can come and look at it, basically. So uh, everything, every file has its own encryption libraries, and that's also great for cybersecurity. If one file gets cracked, um, you don't get any of the other files, basically. This is another great thing. So you'd have to uh, go one by one if you're an attacker, which is um, it, it's, it's something that's just not going to happen. Yeah, that would take forever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. That would, that would, yeah, that's
1: basically impossible, you know what I mean? You have to well, have a different practice. Well, we're also using something called AES-256 encryption standard, and, and that's the uh, that's currently accepted by banks and militaries, and it's right now believed to be post-quantum proof. And we're, we're speaking with a bunch of quantum computing guys right now from Toronto, actually, that reached out to us, and we're having uh, some fun. With them talking about different um, encryption mechanisms and different, uh, right now we use elliptic curves in in Cosmos and it might uh, within the next ten years we might move to lattices, for example, depending on how quick quantum quantum computing gets. But I don't want to get too too technical here. We'll kind of bring you're it talking back you're down talking
2: data dirty right now. This is like, yeah.
1: <laughs> if you're a data,
2: it, it might turn you on if you're all about data right
1: now. <laughs> yeah, or or encryption <laughs>
2: or, or encryption basically. Right? No, but man, it sounds good. I know when I um. I remember when I seen you guys at, down your booth at Decentral in Texas that there were some military guys there talking to you guys so I mean that's that's bullish I mean if the military <laughs> that's bullish like you know what I mean like they're well, not going not want to come talk to you guys if they weren't interested or heard well, good things
1: We we have to remember why was the Tor browser created right uh, it was created by the navy and the navy created the Tor browser because they wanted a secure way to transfer files um, and, and data and, and uh, have communications and that's why TOR exists. That's why the dark web exists. It was actually created by the US government um, From Jackal standpoint right now um, Even with TOR it's, it's not as secure as it could be And and right now if you look at Jackal for different military applications If that's something that they would want to use for tier one units. Uh, we wouldn't be compliant for um, traditional um, Anything that, that wouldn't be kind of a special operation situation, but um, when you want to transfer data right now uh, in military use cases, you actually put servers on planes uh, because you can't trust in the intermediaries that will uh, have their hands on the data while it gets transferred from one party to another party. So uh, what we're when you look at Jackal and its ability for military use cases and things like that, uh, we truly believe it has the highest digital privacy and cybersecurity posture possible when transferring data. And the best part about it is you can transfer petabytes of data uh, in... in in one click and one gas transaction. And that's another beautiful thing when it comes to this. Very similar to uh, why we believe in crypto for the monetary system. Um, it, it removes middlemen, it, uh, it, it's way cheaper, it's much more efficient, it's, uh, it's faster, Right, and that's the same reason why uh, we believe jacko will will do really well in in this space for for data storage specifically. is is because we we're, we're faster, we're we're more secure. Uh, it's it's dirt cheap, right? Is it's the same concept? Is just applying it to a different vertical rather than finance.
2: Nice. So, I'm kind of thinking about some other things. I would assume it would probably be advantageous if like I was a business and I would just have like an RNS uh, name service. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We do have a name service as well. Yeah. That would make, probably make sense too. Cause then they can have like, they can, they could probably even use that for, for payments and stuff correct like I'm, I'm just trying to think outside the box like
1: yeah absolutely so rns is i'll just kind of bring, bring it full circle to everyone that, that uh, hasn't been with us for the early days we, we created a name service and the reason we created the name service is when you're sending files to friends or to coworkers or you're in an, um, an office environment or a corporate environment and you're trying to send files that way we wanted to have human readable names when you're transferring files so we built a name service for that but uh, we also realized when we were building it that it also works for every Cosmos blockchain at the same time, so you can actually uh, once we plug it into a wallet. So uh, whether we can convince Kepler to put it in, you'll be able to probably use use um you'll you'll be able to use RNS hopefully quite soon from the Jackal dashboard, um, or Leap Wallet guys are have, have shown interest in, in putting RNS in, in their wallet it has this really unique ability uh, for you just have very simple user experience you don't have to remember everyone's uh, wallet addresses basically you just have to remember CosmosHaus.rns or i'mpatrick.rns um, and you can send files or you can also send uh, we support 12 different cosmos chains back when we uh, created it but we could uh, we could upgrade that as well to support all the cosmos chains uh, that enable ibc with their tokens
2: yeah i was just thinking about that because it, it would just make total sense because you know if you're a big company Again, this doesn't have to just be a company, but I'm just trying to always put it back. It's like I think that the way that this all works, not with just you guys, but just the space in general is obviously we need the businesses to need it or want it. And then once that happens, I mean, I look at like the evolution of the computer. You know, Steve Jobs started building computers in, in his garage for, for businesses and then people like, you know, the people that are building it and other people are like, hey, can you build me one for my house? And then that kind of happened. But I think that's going to be like crypto kind of is taking a little bit of a revert. We're, we're like the earlier adopters, like I was saying earlier. But for this to like really get big and, and to, to be mass adopted is when all these different businesses start using cryptos for different reasons. You know, maybe it starts to become financial. I don't really think initially that's where the big boom is going to be. I think it's going to be from data, security, gaming, like other, just like music, like all kind of different things where like, there's like these micro economies. Um, I think it's advantageous for businesses for um, like credits. Like, so you know how there's all like every, every store now has their own, like, You know, gift cards, and I I think Mm -hmm. all that. I think all that happens within the next, you know, within this decade. You know,
1: yeah. Well, from my personal opinion, I I think we're like between 1995 and 1997. If we want to compare this to the dot com boom, um, of of the development of Web three, we we take the approach, and my team believes that uh, right now we're we're the early adopters. Obviously, just like they had early adopters back then. And um, for, for you to convince the, the general public that this is a good solution, usually it has to be introduced in the office, as we've seen in the past through technology, where, as you were saying, like they would have mainframes in in uh, for banks and stuff like that. And then you started getting PCs in the office, and then people started to want PCs at home. Um, we're, we, we believe that as well. But that doesn't mean that we wouldn't necessarily neglect the end users, the individuals, because that's the lifeblood of this entire company. Those, those end users in the Cosmos ecosystem that are going to be the early adopters of a product like this and really help us push it forward or help us build it or join the community and have governance proposals. Um, but be, being being fair, when, when you look at crypto right now, um, I, I think... Another issue that is going to come to fruition this year, and we're, we're going to start to uh, clear clear the deck a little bit, is regulatory, um, I want to say regulatory certainty as well, because it's very hard for businesses to use these products. Like, d- being completely honest um, from a financial standpoint, obviously we were really, we're, we're really big on data, and we, we think that this is an awesome use case, and uh, we hope a lot of people agree. But uh, from even just stablecoins, it, would you rather wire transfer if you're a business wire transferring a billion dollars or something like that to another business like you're you're getting eaten with fees it takes days to get there they I guarantee you that they would rather use stable coins and would happen instantly and it'll be dirt cheap right so it's at the end of the day i i think that we're getting there its It's just it's very hard for the risk departments of a lot of these companies to to adopt crypto, but it's it's starting to happen. You're starting to see coinbase and and uh, Google cloud they're they're working on uh, like cloud compute stuff. Uh, you look at guys like us coming out out of the gate and then building on cosmos and looking to build a um, like a really great storage layer for for web three. when you look at um, all kinds of other Starbucks is is enabling um, blockchain technology for tracking all of their products basically as well. so, I, I think we're getting there. And it's really funny how in the bear market you start to notice a lot of adoption start to occur and a lot of people to start building. And, and that's why we're happy to be here. It's it's pretty much the bottom of the bottom right now. And then we're just really excited for uh for where we see blockchain gonna go within the next four to five years. Yeah, I agree
2: too. I get I get so excited. This is the only time you know, the only thing that I do. That, that brings a lot of joy to me is just this grind with with crypto because we all believe that it's gonna go to where we want you know where we think it's gonna go and it's just nice and fun to, to be early and, and we'll have those stories and we'll be like, Oh, you remember when we had to have, you know, twenty wallets and we had to do all this manual <laughs> stuff. And I yeah. I think I was just trying to think another like use case you know, because I, you know, DAOs are going to become bigger and bigger. And I think your technology can help with that too. Just even with the name service, you know, cause like maybe, maybe you have a DAO of like, maybe like we'll just use an NFT collection. Okay. You have a, you have a DAO that has 30 members to it. Well, maybe I want to send a, some, some data to, to, to one of those people. And it, it just makes it easier for, for that to, to occur. And um, you know, like I said, this, this space is, is full of people that, Not everyone, but a lot of people that have spent a lot of hours, including my, I mean, I don't even know how many thousands of hours I burned in my life in crypto. And even myself, I learned something new like every single day. Like I was learning a bunch while you were speaking about data and stuff like that. And, you know, and we're we're in it, man. And like there's people right now, it's mainly all the people in charge in the world. They have no clue. Let's go. Like, they barely can use Facebook or whatever, so they don't know what's going on. Unfortunately, they're kind of in charge of all those regulatory places because, you know, maybe maybe they got to where they're getting at or where they're at now in life because of, of all that all those fees that you're talking about. You know, so it's <laughs> like they don't want to just give that up. Why would they? It's free, it's free lunch for them. So um, they'll drag their feet as much as possible, but in the long run, people see it. Uh, you know, it's already changed millions and millions of lives, like all throughout the world that they can finally start to save money. They can see their finances. They can maybe for the first time actually prove that they went to a college or university or school or whatever, you know, it's, it's starting to change and it's not going backward. It's only going to keep going forward. And I say it all the time, people laugh, but you know, obviously we're so early and I like your comparison of like the nineties. I, I agree with that time frame you know it's it's so early still there's so many people like you can you know if you just walk down the street and just ask someone like do you know what crypto is maybe they'll say bitcoin or ethereum but they're not going to know like they people just don't know and they and they don't want to know you know like you you could your friends could talk to you and be like hey what have you been up to and you can start telling them about crypto you know then maybe they'll be interested but they don't want to do the work because it's a lot of work It's it's a huge huge learning curve especially if you're coming to cosmos like there's even a bigger learning curve you know and um, I know I was kind of going off on a rant right there, but I'm just excited, man. Like I just, it's it's just so exciting, and and it's like the, it's the best time right now because like you were saying, all the people that are in this space right now believe in it. Like you don't have to sell them. It's just like now, how can we keep building and adding value and collaborating with this other project? And like I feel like what you guys are doing, can you literally can add value to pretty much everyone in crypto?
1: That's how I look at it. We're so we're just looking to just provide a great storage solution for everyone in crypto, right? So if you want to walk the walk and say I'm a decentralized product, you you, you got to actually have your tech stack reflect that, right? Um, and and that's what we're looking to build. And currently, when you look at other storage solutions right now, um, they're great at what they do. And and AR Weave is is really cool. Filecoin's really cool. But what they are is they're cold storage archiving solutions. And if you're going to put data to rest for a really long time, like that's great. Um, but If you're looking for a scalable solution to use every day, it's not something you can use, unfortunately, in an everyday situation. So what we're looking to do is is bring speed. And and most importantly, also, with a lot of other um, providers right now, you have to fumble around your if you want encryption and privacy, you have to have your own private uh, encryption keys locally on your on your device, right? Or, or manage them yourself. So we're looking to kind of streamline that, provide a great user experience and uh, have people use Jocko as a hot storage solution for people to have build products on and, and things like that. But um, yeah, honestly, it, it's really exciting for where the space is going. Um, it doesn't happen overnight and it seems slow because we're all here day to day. But I think we would surprise ourselves how, how quickly we can... We, we can come within like a year time frame or you zoom out a little bit i think we overestimate what we can accomplish in a short period of time and underestimate what we can accomplish in a long period of time personally and uh, I, I think we're all here early and we're all really excited for just the tech we're all here for the tech if you're still listening to this right now um, <laughs> everyone everyone here is is down bad but um, what we're what we're excited for at the end of the day is for us to kind of keep trucking and it seems like people are starting to build it's a great good pump today cuz there's that big thing in uh what was it bloomberg i think it was is it's, it's a uh it was is a full article on on cryptocurrency and explaining it but um we're going to get there it's just one day at a time one step at a time one line of code at a time right so yeah i i totally agree so basically another thing too
2: that we didn't really touch on and because it's not really tech talk but People, including myself as an investor, I always like to understand the total overall tokenomics of the particular token, because then I can kind of set goals. And I always preach that uh, with, with, you know, have a journal, have your your goals like, OK, I want to acquire. Like if you if you agree and you like what you hear, I like Jackal. So I'm, I want to get these many tokens um, if I hit that certain number. I want to get more or do I get less? Do I sell at a certain price? Uh, so people, you know, they, they're always interested in the tokenomics. And um, so, like, what's the overall supply um, when yeah. they're like, maybe do
1: like the percent of like the airdrop
2: to the like the,
1: the Cosmos ecosystem? 100%. Yeah. So uh, what we chose to do is we, we chose to go with a 5% triple airdrop. So we airdrop to Secret Network, Juno and Atom. Um, for the total of token, right on launch, that airdrop is pretty much all of the supply. So when you look at Jackal and you say, well, they could have done a public sale or something like that. Um, uh, un- unfortunately, the, the way that the system is built, we have so many things we have to incentivize that we, we decided we're actually going to go back to blockchain roots a little bit. So if you want the token, be a storage provider. That is the best way to acquire the token uh, in the early days of this protocol. 100 percent if you want jackal and, and you don't you don't have the money to buy it or if you, if you have an old computer laying around and, and you want to online it being a storage provider is the best way to do so and, and it's going all the way back to the roots of if you want the token you got to mine the token basically uh, but we think that's a really sustainable way for us to launch that way uh, because we have to incentivize validators storage providers so on launch that airdrop is all the supply uh, that's everything that's out there on launch everything else is tied up uh, we did have a private round, so we had investors, and they're on a two-year vesting schedule. Uh, the team's on a four-year vesting schedule, and uh, the foundation—the uh, foundation has pools. Some of them are on three-year vesting schedules, and there's some in operations, but it's pretty much locked on governance. So that's up to the DAO to release those funds. So uh, the the airdrop is everything that's out there, and uh, everything else is uh, some alpha testers. They would they would be getting rewards as well. But uh, from the tokenomics standpoint, what is the Jackal token, and what is the Jackal token worth, right? Um, jackal token is is a commodity first and foremost and what the commodity is just like gas that's why we call it gas transactions right um it is we we believe it 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 is the intrinsic value of the success of the protocol first and foremost and the other thing is when you look at other protocols right now that that do data storage unfortunately you'll notice that a lot of them get caught in this kind of buy high sell low feedback loop and uh we wanted to move away from that because their, their entire economic um, model is we provide tokens to storage providers, storage providers dump that on the open market to recoup the cost of being a storage provider. And this is like, it's, it's a, it's, it's a slippery slope going that way. So we, we thought, and we hired two economists and, and Emery was the, was uh, the lead economist on that. And he's really, really good at what he does. So we wanted to make sure how can we, have the intrinsic value of Jackal increase and have the secondary market want to purchase this token. What is the value of of having something like a Jackal token and and why would we wanna make sure that people would want it? Well, for every single action that happens on the Jackal blockchain from sign fees to storage fees to RNS fees to if we do mail, mail fees. Um, If you look at all, if we online a, a Jackal AMM, which we probably have to do if we want a marketplace, um, it would be transaction fees there. All that value goes back to the stakers. A, per, a portion of that gets bought back if, if we take Juno. Uh, sorry, we take Adam and USDC as payment. Hopefully soon as well, we buy back our own token. If we take Jackal, it just goes straight there, and then we actually provide real yield to our token holders, so we can increase the intrinsic value of the Jackal token as the success of the network slowly starts to grow. So we just wanted to make sure that we have really good tokenomics. Um, our econ paper is is out. If you want to go and and, uh, and and take a look at that, but um, we we did put a ton of work into making sure that this is a, a stable a stable token um, to not a stable coin, but a an economically sound tokenomics for for the solution. And that's kind of why um, you, know, you you kind of get hurt. Why do we didn't we airdrop more? Or, or things along those lines is, is we hear that a lot. We need to, if we incentivize a lot of things, and if we want to make sure that Jackal works in perpetuity and we can have sustainable business practice associated with Jackal as a protocol, if you look at the protocol as a business, you need to make sure that you, you do things that are sustainable. And that's why we everything that we've done so far is very, very well thought out. And then we've taken a lot of time to, to iterate the economic model, first and foremost. And honestly, uh, it's going to go through other, is going to go through other iterations as well as we continue to learn Adam wasn't perfect that's why we're having Adam 1 and Adam 2.0 discussions right now so we're gonna to have to learn as the as the the protocol adapts as well and the economic model is also going to have to go through revisions as we as we move forward
2: nice that was a lot to digest but that was some good stuff right there man that was that was a A plus material right there. You hit us with a lot of fire. <laughs> you didn't even take a break, man. You were you're smooth. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like uh, we, if I, we, we if, we've, if
1: I was just like randomly didn't know anything about crypto and I
2: tuned in. I'm like, damn, this dude's smooth right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> man, we've been we've been working on this for a while, man. It's been eleven months of, of just uh just building this thing and uh, we're really happy to finally go to market tomorrow. It's, it's gonna be an exciting time.
2: I mean, I'm not going to, this is just me not showing or anything, but I know like the very first time I met you guys and then just like doing the dig in and just understanding like the use case. And like I said, I've been looking for different mainly data plays for a long time now. And um, it's exciting to see, because like I said, as cool as like DeFi protocols and applications are, it in my opinion, it kind of dilutes itself. Not that we don't need it, because obviously, I mean, there's a lot of money in the world, but we need we need other things to do in crypto. And like maybe uh, from the outside perspective, it doesn't like look like a sexy investment. But that's those are the types of investments as an investor that I've done well in my lifetime is just doing things that make sense. And um, yeah, this just makes sense. That's all I can say about it. And it's really cool to to be able to to invest in it, stake it, also mine it. LP it. Um do you know like
1: is it gonna be the rewards gonna be like an epoch or is it gonna be blocks? Oh that's a really good question. I, I know um I can try to ping Emery to see if I can get an answer um um really quickly but I we what we have right now is we have a pool so we, we don't have the uh LP incentives in the block rewards at this time. So we have a portion it's 15% of total token so 15 million tokens are for external LP incentives um, on osmosis so and and wherever we else we choose to to put the token as, as well as, as it pops up in other places uh, the DAO may choose to deploy um, external rewards there and that, that's something that's definitely a possibility so 50% of total supply right now is for LP rewards and um it might switch to block rewards uh, in the future, but we have to kind of we we need data for us to make informed decisions about that as well, right? So um, right right now, I'm gonna talk to I'll talk to Emery and figure out I'll get an answer for you for that, but I don't have that off the top of the head, unfortunately. Do you know what the biggest external hard drive is? Um, actually, uh, Haas, I just got an answer for you. It's it's actually uh it's it's ePoaches on on Osmosis.
2: Oh, uh, so you guys are just gonna do um that's how the staking rewards are going to be done too. no staking rewards are block rewards well that's, so, maybe i worded that wrong that's really what i meant i understood the, the rewards for for uh, osmosis I, i'm pretty sure that's the only way you can incentivize pools on earth it's just it's just the osmosis epoch yeah I, I meant more for like if someone was like you know what i want to stake you know my whole airdrop
1: too um oh. like so it's it's blocks then yeah. So, so okay. we have a, we have blocks. So uh, every six seconds uh, right now, five to six seconds, one block occurs and from the block let's uh, for ease of use let's say 10 tokens are minted from that block from the mint module um, that gets split. So 60% of those tokens go to storage providers and 40% of those tokens go to uh, validators and that then gets passed on to stakers relative to their commission. So that, that's how that's distributed to stakers. So in the early days, you're probably going to be looking anywhere from, uh, 23% all the way up to 35% from staking rewards, and we just can't really give you a direct answer until we figure out how many people choose to stake.
2: Uh, yeah, that makes sense. So really, from listening to you, you, you're you're actually more incentivized to... Be a storage provider. Yeah, to be a storage provider. Yeah. I'm just trying to do the math right now because, I mean, I have a couple of badass PCs. I'm, I'm just looking for some storage right now, to be honest, yeah. with you, while we're talking. I just was like, what's the biggest... I guess just an old storage
1: disk would work, but I mean, I'd probably just to make it easier on myself just to get an exter- external hard drive would work, right? Uh, yeah, depending on how you set up your computer. And uh, if you wanted to be a storage provider, we encourage you to go to the Discord so we can give you support there as well, because it's going to be a little bit technical in the other days until we online a, um, it's something called a Docker, where you can just one-click deploy it. Right. Um, but uh, for, the, for the meantime, it's, it's going to be a little bit intense uh, while we onboard these guys. But uh, largest drives, so we would recommend hard drives. Um, they're a little bit more capital efficient, so they're cheaper. And uh, you can get up to, uh, like there's uh, there's Seagate Enterprise drives, they're like 14 terabytes. And you can also buy refurbished drives too, that some people I've noticed on Twitter that are building storage providers have, have been purchasing refurbished drives, which is probably a good move as well, save a little bit more money there. Um, but when you say, yes, uh, the storage providers are incentivized more than the stakers, the reason for that is, the storage providers have to be the first class citizens in this protocol, because if the storage providers aren't properly incentivized, it's not profitable to be a storage provider, the whole thing falls apart, unfortunately. So um, that's why when we, when we take capital in where someone says, I want to buy storage, a portion of that, if, if the block rewards aren't enough and we have to monitor it very closely, we probably have to kick that to the storage providers as well if, if they're uh, running at a loss, because we need to make sure that your data does not fall off the network. And that's gonna be, it's in the early days, it, it might be a little bit sketchy, but it will start to stabilize as we go a few more weeks and a few more months. Um, so number one is making sure that the storage providers are properly incentivized to to continue to have storage on the network. And then number two is is always gonna be focused on, on those end users and those stakers and those token holders. So there's an incentive to purchase those tokens off of the storage providers. And uh, the way that we get away from Ponzi because it kind of seems like uh when you when you look at other protocols it does seem that way we we give real yield back to the stakers and the storage providers from when people purchase storage so that's we have revenue coming into the protocol so it's not just a buy high sell low f- feedback loop basically
2: no i, I like that approach because like the like you were saying they're first class citizens essentially they're the workers you know? like you have to pay your employees and that's kind of what it is and then like the stakers are the investors in a way i mean not that you're not investing as a storage provider because you have to have the equipment but yeah um, well that's kind of that's
1: I like I like that model it makes a lot there they're they're both uh, you can kind of see the protocol as a whole so even individuals who hold the token they're they're also kind of employees of the protocol if you think about it that way too right um, when you stake your tokens you secure the network and that's its own job in its own right right so the validators they keep consensus and and they um they verify who has what at what time. The storage providers, they store all the stuff and they need to be incentivized to do that. And the stakers need to be incentivized to secure the network. So it is it is a balancing act and we're going to have to go through iterations as, as we continue to learn about the econ model as we move forward. <laughs> I was just looking on Best
2: Buy because I I, I spent so much money there. Do you guys have Best Buy in Canada? Yeah, we do actually. That's cool. But anyways, I'm, I'm just looking at uh, an 18... 18- terabyte <laughs> 18 terabyte g drive right now it's like it's only i don't know your your money's different than ours but basically less than 500 usd might,
1: might yeah, be good you, you could probably get them for cheaper than that too um yeah I would, I would do some sir i would i would do a little bit of research but i, I think yeah. uh, if you want to grab them i think amazon has some pretty good deals on on, uh, on drives um we we have a build we we have kind of like a casual build and a and more of like a DIY serious build. But um, for people that have like old computers, old gaming computers, even, and you want to plug it in, um, I, w- I would highly encourage you to do so, especially in the early days.
2: So, like, I would assume since this isn't, this is probably be really like low key, not like intensive on your computer, right? Like I could just let it run and do a bunch of stuff on it. It probably won't even bother it, right?
1: No, it, it probably wouldn't bother it at all, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, it, it's not very intense, right? So the, the, the drives are pretty quiet. Um, you, you wouldn't really notice it too much. And it's, you, don't really, you don't even need a, a GPU for this activity either, if I'm being honest with you. Um, it, it just works natively, essentially, with, um, with, with what you would have without a GPU. Um, it, you would probably want a little bit of SSD in it, if I'm being honest. Uh because you you want to have that ability to act quickly to kind of do the deals in the first place, but after that, uh, everything else should be drives. Okay. Yeah, I'm just <clears throat> I'm just looking because I have two
2: SSD drives on my computer. I have two on my other computer, and then I have a hard disk on the one and not the other. But I guess I can just get an external and stick it in there, and then just whatever and use that like that. So, like to get, I, I know you said you go on a Discord just to, so I guess people can hear this question is is it's just coi based like i just go in and you guys already have the like the prompts and, the, and all that or what
1: yeah so so if i would go into the discord i think there's a storage provider role if not just ping one of our moderators uh joseph will will, will come to you pretty quick and he'll help you out okay. and then from there uh you you would you would go into uh the storage i think there's a storage provider channel specifically and then in there uh, we would help you there uh we're also gonna have a ticketing system as well uh, on launch for, for people who had issues with the airdrop and also for uh, people that are looking to onboard storage providers. Nice. Yeah, man, uh, just people out there listening, it's going to be a good
2: opportunity. I mean, I know I've I personally never really got into mining. Uh, I did a little bit with Bitcoin, but yeah, I mean, you're just basically being a storage provider. So it's not that intensive. It's not going to, I would assume it's, it's not going to be, you know, your your electric bill won't go up. because It's just like a regular computer use. You're not like blasting your computer and put all those watts. Like I know when I was mining Bitcoin, it was just intense. Like at, at the end of the day, after everything was like set and done, unless you were in early,
1: it's like this is really not even that profitable. You know, you're just burning your graphics card up yeah well definitely there's other like mining there's publicly traded mining companies too right that have economies of scale and they have like massive investors so it's it's pretty hard to compete in the proof of work space for sure but in, instead it's a very similar concept right so instead of mining um mining a proof of work chain by uh by using your your gpu you're just using your hard drive and providing space really um it's a lot more capital efficient we're proof of stakes so we have better blockchain technology it's a lot more fast it's it's uh it's 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 pretty good system um but even if your electrical bill goes up a little bit we've we've accounted for that as well right so we we chose a really expensive variable cost region in the united states to base all this off of
2: so i'm assuming that like um if i if i do this provide storage does it go in out blocks or how does that work too like you'll actually see it in your in your wallet um can
1: you rephrase that question a little bit? Uh,
2: yeah, I'm sorry. It was kind of worded poorly. So, like, let's say I do this, and um, I'm like, okay, how do I know that I'm actually earning anything?
1: Well, you'd you'd have Jackal uh, being drip-fed into your wallet every X amount of blocks. Uh, I'd have to talk to the technical team how many blocks it would be, but you'd start earning right away. So – if you plug into the network and and you're not storing anything, you will not be paid. But as soon as you start storing files, uh, you will be incentivized for those files relative to um what the total terabytes stored on Jocko Protocol is. If that makes any sense,
2: and, so, and that just gets like disseminated equally throughout all the people that are providing
1: storage. Or, yeah. I mean? Okay. Yeah. So so if the fear is that like okay, what ha- what happens if one company like does like a really big data center and they're going to get everything? Um, it, it's really unlikely. So When The way that Jocko works is we have three times redundancy. So for every file that's uploaded to the system, it's copied on three separate machines. So, and the reason for that is is that we don't want your files to disappear. So um, if we can kind of have a little mental, um, we can go through a mental exercise here of what happens if a storage provider goes down, because that's another scary thing, right? Is what happens if I want to unplug my storage provider? Um, so if you miss a certain amount of proofs, where every every x amount of blocks you have to submit a proof that you have the file, and and this is important. We call it proof of persistence. This is something that uh, we we worked on here. Um, so with with proof of persistence, every x amount of blocks you you. Tell the Jackal protocol from your. This is the, the job that your computer is doing. You get to sit on the couch, but this is uh, how this works. You submit a proof that you have the file, every single X amount of blocks. In the event that you unplug your, your, um, your storage provider, what happens is, is that if you mix, miss X amount of blocks, um, that contract will break. And then the contract that you had um, on, the, on the back end with that user will go on to like this kind of burn pile of, of broken contracts basically. All the other storage providers on the network are constantly scanning that burn pile for broken deals so that they can grab it and jam it on their computer. So they would grab that contract, they would remake the contract with the user and then they would copy the file from one of the other two forms of redundancy that are still existing on the chain. So this is this would be happening in real time, it would happen really quick. So we'd make sure that we always have three times redundancy at all all given times. So uh, we make sure that your files aren't um don't disappear on you because that would be really lame if that happened. <laughs> yeah. So I had a question from a community
2: member. again, if you guys have any questions, you can either raise your hand and come up and ask or you can just DM me on Twitter. I'm looking at my messages right now, but so they was wondering if the storage speed is
1: going to be a factor, better to have faster drives. Yeah. Um, so we're thinking about in the long term, in the early days, if you actually want, if you want me to be completely honest with you, um, the, the, the limiting factor will actually be the internet speed of your house. So we were thinking like, okay, we want like big SSD rigs and then we want these like really, really intense um, uh, machines and we want everyone to have super fast internet. You also have to think about the, the bottlenecks is actually the end user's internet speed. So Jack will be pretty fast. It'll be a little bit slower than Google Drive. Um, the reason for that is we're end-to-end encrypted. So the files are a little bit more bloated, but it, it's not really that noticeable. By the time that we upload it to the system, it it, it pops in there. Um, also, we're going to have to be a little bit better because uh, Google is, is, and Amazon have poured millions of dollars into this where they actually kind of play mental games, so it actually seems a little bit faster than it actually is. So we're going to have to get better at that on the, on the user experience as well, but um, it, it's, it's going to be pretty fast. If the system gets bloated and, and we start to have tons and tons and tons and tons of data on the system, it'll start to slow down a little bit. So what we're probably going to do is we'll actually have like a new tier. So for people, if we uh, make a deal with a credit card processor and they want to use Jackal for credit card processing, that needs to be very, very fast. So we would need SSD rigs. So you would actually probably be able to choose which tier of data storage you'd want to be so that not all of the data is on like this hot storage all the time. Because if you're not going to touch it for a very long time or it's like your old photos that you never look at, you just want to have them for the future, um, it would probably move down the rung into a lower tier storage and it'll take a little bit. Longer for you to get them the next time you query it, but that's going to be in the future. In the early days, it'll be pretty fast. That makes total sense. I was just trying to think of a. I guess the other question I would have is,
2: and you know, like my wife and I we share a Google Drive. Uh, what would that relatively be uh, price wise if we wanted to do it with Jackal? Like, if I wanted to just instead of using Google Drive to share files with like my wife, I was like, all right, we're going to use Jackal. Like, how much do you think that would cost in Jackal?
1: yeah so so uh, if you have a terabyte of storage on google drive it's probably around 23 to 25 dollars a month per terabyte so first and foremost you you save like a little bit more than half of that because it would be eight dollars a month per terabyte instead um so that would be first and (laughs) foremost but um after after that it's a pretty similar experience so what would happen is is you'd have your a shared account where you share private keys possibly or um or you could have two separate accounts, and you can you can send files, and you can give permissions from one uh, for your wife to have access to a specific folder on your Jackal account. It's another option that you would be able to do. Um, but outside of that, it's it's very very similar to Google Drive. It's you drag and drop your files in, and then you're good to go. Sounds super easy. Oh, I should probably add one more other thing. Everyone gets two gigabytes free, by the way um yay i guess <laughs> that's <laughs> I, awesome though. I, I, I probably should have mentioned that earlier
2: yeah, yeah uh, you should have hit, hit that off the beginning <laughs>
1: yeah everyone everyone does get two uh, free two gigabytes which is really important so you get to actually try it out before you decide whether or not you want to buy it we're not going to be uh we're not evil like that so <laughs> so uh, everyone gets two gigabytes free um the reason why we can't give more gigabytes free is because um freemium models traditionally The reason why it's free is because you're the product, but we can't sell your data, so we can't make money that way. So uh, two gigabytes is what everyone gets right out of the game.
2: That's awesome i didn't even know that so i just learned something right there too but yeah that, that makes sense because they're they're doing that because they're just going to use your data and,
1: and make money off of it so
2: well, it's yeah. not really free anyways you know yeah you're, you're but, storing
1: two gigabytes of data and they're uh they're earning 30 dollars a month on it so they're, they're they're happy to do the freemium same thing with well if a, if a service this is a kind of a rule of thumb from a security standpoint or a privacy standpoint if uh if the service is free of the time, um, you're the product at the end of the day. And and that means that that they're selling your, either your attention or they're selling your data or they're selling both sometimes. Um, so that, that's why we, we give two gigs free. And then after that, uh, you're going to have to pay for it. Unfortunately.
2: Nice. Well, I don't, I can't, I've thought of every question and, you know, I, I don't, know if i have any more particular questions i don't know if anyone else had anything that they wanted to add you can you can request to speak but I and mean, you're really good man you 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 covered everything uh the, the Discord's going to be good so like anyone out there that wants to earn passive income You know providing storage especially right off the beginning it's not going to be intensive at all i mean you could just use like an old laptop or pretty much any device that you have that maybe you haven't even been using you could use it um you know for someone like myself that kind of knows what they're doing but maybe doesn't know everything you know you might want to go into discord and ask some questions before you, you you know you commit uh personally i'm gonna do it um it just doesn't make sense not to. I have a couple computers. The one I just built not too long ago for my wife, it's just sits there all day long until she gets home. And some half the time she doesn't even use it. So it's just, and it's a good rig. So, I mean, I'll just use that man. And then uh, my, my own computer too. So, and I, I, I might, you know, like I I was thinking about just actually making, just building one with like, um, I was looking at your your rigs that, you know, you you, you were saying you bear, you don't even really need a graphics card, really. And that's usually the
1: most expensive part of your computer is your graphics card. So, yeah, no, it usually is. Um, so you, you can get away with it with a, a pretty it's, it's pretty much just a box with drives and in a the, in the motherboard at the end of the day. Right. Um, it's pretty, pretty simple build I I built my first actual storage provider. So I've never actually built a computer before because I'm a I'm a Mac Mac hardo, unfortunately. So uh, i I learned I learned how to build a storage provider the other day and it actually wasn't too difficult. Yeah, man, I've always been a Mac guy too,
0: but
2: um I just I like gaming. Well, I used to game a lot and now I don't really because I just don't have time. But so I, I in fact I've, i built my computer from scratch because I wanted like a really badass gaming rig, but and my wife's like, Oh, you don't need all that. I'm like, look, this is future proof because I can use it for other things and I have been and uh you know it's like Building a computer is really good because, like, my computer, I could just chug and plug. I don't want to take out this. I can just take it out and add, add something new to it. So that's kind of how I look at it. And I'm thinking about just building a computer specifically to mine some jackals. So that's just me. But what's up, Marty? What's going on? Hey, man.
1: Hey, how's it going? Uh, super, super happy uh, about you guys launching soon. Uh, it's been great to see uh you guys developed and uh i'm so excited i just have a question about uh storage providing more on that topic uh will you be required like for a storage provider to be online like 24 7 and uh kind of like how what is the process of like maybe like unwinding or unplugging if you like have to uh stop writing yeah. or something like that yeah 100 percent. because that would be a big fear if you're being a storage provider and then you say oh, i have to move houses or something and then i have to take my computer down i'm going to lose all my deals um, so what we chose to do, and this is something that Marston implemented into the protocol, um, where you actually have the ability to have one day worth of downtime every um, X amount of blocks, basically. So, so we, we've, I, I think we're going to be able. I think it's once. I think it's once every quarter that you'll be able to unplug your machine and then you would broadcast that you're just down for maintenance, basically. And uh, and then it would make sure that the other storage providers that are storing the other sides of those deals won't be able to do during that time, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, yeah, so you'd have 24 hours to uh, to figure out what the issue is. Yeah. Sounds great. Well, uh, congratulations. You covered so much. I got no other questions, but yeah, can't wait till launch. Good luck.
2: I appreciate it, Marty. Thanks so much, dude. Yeah, man. And thanks for stopping up, Marty. Uh, so add into that, like how long, like say you're doing that and your power goes up and you don't have a generator or whatever, like how long do you have until, I mean, maybe you just covered it. I was kind of just, I totally zoned out, but, uh,
1: like yeah. How okay. long do you have to come back online? We're, we're going to give it 24 hours to come back online. Okay. So, so you have, you have a day to, to figure that out. and And the reason why is because we don't really want any edge cases. Uh, which is a big fear of ours is, is we have edge cases and then users start losing files. So um, if if you're someone that, that says, I want to make sure that this never happens and I don't really want to do Jackal casually, I kind of want to be like a hardcore storage provider and I want this to be a business, um, you you would probably want to have a data center environment if if you want to make sure that it never goes down and all that stuff. And you you really want to invest into something like this and you believe in the protocol long-term, um, you, you might want to invest in a data center environment for for your storage provider.
2: And do you guys? I know you have like, like rig suggestions. Do you have suggestions for that
1: too in your Discord? Yeah, we could we could definitely find one. Um, because we we've talked with a bunch of independent data centers recently, actually, and um, we'll 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 put together a uh, we'll put together a build for the data center. Um, I'll I'll actually get one of my. That's a really good question, Haas. Thank you for for bringing that up. We should we should do that as well and put it in the docs. Yeah, I think that's a good idea because I mean. I would probably be
2: interested in something like that because I just, even before you guys, I was thinking to myself, like I know a couple of guys from Serenity are on here. I've been in conversations with with them and they they asked me, you know, what's your long-term goal? And I said, you know, to have a nice piece of property in the mountains and have like solar panels everywhere and have some, <laughs> it just it just be just all kind of you know, living off my land and also mining and doing all that stuff and having like a server farm basically. That would that would be kind of in my opinion, it would be kind of a my my future goal. So yeah. I would wonder how to like what's the best way of doing all that and stuff like that too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that,
1: that's that's the dream, am I right? Um yeah, yeah no one hundred percent. Uh we, we'll 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 find a build and then we'll throw it on, and then we could we could actually make a list of all the independent storage providers as well, um, so that we could you can support small data centers, which which we were a big proponent of specifically for decentralization, all that good stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that we might want to touch on before. We I
2: I think you that. answered this already, but someone else just asked me, what about a proper? Uh, excuse me, what about a proper shutdown process to go down for over 24 hours?
1: Yeah, if if it's down for over 24 hours we, we can troubleshoot this and we can actually kind of governance can play a role with a, with some tech signal signaling proposals as well um we, we could figure out uh, a solution to that by by tomorrow we're, we're probably not going to have like a, a proper shutting down process you, you, i think it's going to be automatic based on blocks um but i'm not exactly the best person to answer that question if i'm being honest with you haas i, I would go to the discord and i can put you in contact with one of the more technical guys on the team all right. Sounds good. I don't think I, I, I pretty much have every question I asked. Let me
2: see if there's another one. I just seen another message. Let's see what they said. Oh, no, it was something else. Yeah, that, that's uh, basically all I had. I mean, it, this has been awesome. I've learned a lot today, so I appreciate that. I'm sure everyone else did. Ah, uh, thank you for letting me rant, people. And I'm excited, man. Like I said, I've been just really looking forward to. I've been doing a lot of research and some stuff outside of Cosmos, just looking for things that are just non DeFi. <laughs> as much as I said, I love DeFi. I'm a D-gen, I've you know, I, I love it, but it gets old sometimes. I like looking at new things, so I'm excited for real. Hey,
1: man. Like we're we're just looking to kind of build some fun, fun, cool stuff. It's uh, we're. We're a really engineering-heavy team, and we're just excited to build cool products. Yeah, man, and
2: uh, I'm always here to help, and you know, and, and help put pieces together because I think, like, what you guys have going on could be useful for, you know, every everyone in crypto, but especially once... Once it gets easier to onboard, I guess Fiat for for business to business because that's really where this this is really useful. I mean, not that it's not useful for us because we're all enthusiasts, but really, really, really useful for any business, really.
1: So. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing at the end of the day. It's, uh, it's We need to get as many unique terabytes on the system for the storage providers to have stuff to store, right? And at the end of the day, eventually we're going to have to go B2B for that use case. And that's why we're really focused on working with other Web3 companies specifically. I, I know Serenity Shield's in here, and they would be a really great, really great partner for us is, is one good example. Um, another good partner for us is, is Juno, anyone that's building on uh, Archway, uh, a lot of Oracle's data, Oracles would be really great for for launching on this, such as um, um, I know D-climb, it's a really good one, and uh, all kinds of guys like that, and then also kind of doing really fun collaborations with. Uh, you can think of um, oh my goodness, it's just going to um, slip slip my mind really quickly here. Uh, Haas, do you know which uh, blockchain in the Cosmos they they do the uh, carbon credits. Region? region 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 would be a perfect use case where we could actually try to figure out if we could have a partner program with uh, with storage providers and try to see if we can have a complete carbon neutral data storage and, and businesses could could use that to offset their carbon usage that would be really interesting use cases I know filecoin does something like that called filecoin green but um yeah at the end of the day uh, I'm just really excited to go b2b work with as many people as possible because at the end of the day um, we, we this this space gets stronger by Working together is—it's all confluence and uh, vision alignment with between different teams and building out some cool stuff. And I'm excited to work with as many people as possible.
2: Yeah, I mean, on that note, I mean, I—I I have nothing more. I'm—I'm I'm excited. I really am. And like I said, I'm—I'm I'm excited to just earn passive income too, just messing around. Plus, I just think it's kind of fun. I've been—been been trying to learn more. Uh, code and just kind of do things in this space too just to just to keep learning new things so i'm going to be doing that i'll be learning how to do all that and it's just kind of fun so thank you for that
1: right on anyways thanks for having me out man um if you have any uh if anyone has any other questions feel free to hop in the discord and uh, spam away in general or or God, there's also a help channel as well. Uh, we have a Telegram. You can get there from our link tree. Um, I gotta find a link to that. But also, you can go to Jackal Protocol or JackalDAO.com right now. And uh, tomorrow is going to be called Jackal Protocol. And we're not moving away from the Dow game because of um, because we don't believe in, in decentralized governance. We're moving away because everyone thought we were an omen fork for a while. So it was a little bit of a marketing mishap. But uh, moving forward, we're excited to have everyone on board all right everyone have a good day thanks for stopping by and spending your time with us and if you
2: guys need any help ever feel free to reach out to me um reach out to Donnie, uh
0: jackal or in discord and take care everyone thanks for checking out another episode of the ether that was the jackal protocol ama hosted by cosmos haas recorded on tuesday october 25th 2022 for terraspaces.org i'm finn thanks for listening and if you want to keep listening Head on over to Terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. Reading in a book, yo, I learned something nifty. The CIA was feeding people acid in the 50s. Some people knew it, most of them didn't. It was like a little game they invented. Sandoz had the plug It was all about the research Gotta get turned on Hollering me first Government reaction Is always kinda knee-jerk Not exactly what i like to see Out of my leaders Zen lunatics Trying to see the other side Everybody likes to hide and seek When the dose is high Paranoid like People are watching me Well that's because People are watching See If DMT is a Niagara Stuff epiphanous beauty And psilocybin treats your mind Like a movie LSD wasn't the mind control They wanted So they kept designing and different drugs to haunt us. You are an explorer and you represent our species and the greatest good you can do is to bring in the cabin camping three drops hitting each time like well that happened feeling like a weird alien on this planet i'm just passing through staring at these inhabitants they didn't know provocateurs infiltrating lock your doors trying to start a quiet ride so they could mop the floors to slay the forage, waiting for the drum roll and that's what happens when cutthroats get all the control acting all manic the passion is frantic the visuals are magic so let your mind brandish this little weapon of mass dysfunction red dawn down now we're tripping with the rushes reading in a book yo I learned something nifty the CIA was feeding people acid in the 50s some people knew it most of them didn't and you wonder why we harbor such resentment dicks my of what the psychedelic experience is that we each must become like a